Some people call him the professor. That's because he's a professor. Hmm. Anyways, yeah, he owns the space. So you're the new manager of this fine establishment? Temporarily. Good enough. We'd like to wish you the best of luck with your endeavor. Oh, cool, thanks. I was being facetious. FYI, I kind of like nerdy girls. FYI, you're nowhere near my type. Enough, Bobby. We'd like to make a withdrawal. Of what? I don't understand. Money, smart guy! You fail out of college or something? <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and no, it ain't. And we mm, don't care. We truly don't give anywhere close to a shit regarding your situation. I'm yeah, baby. But you give a shit about Daily DVR because you're here and you're listening to the filmless version of Daily DVR. My name is Axel. With me is Andy. That voice you heard was none other than Heath Solo in All-American Bikini Car Wash. Just one of the many films that we're going to be talking about in the HK1K. The Heath Solo. Wait, is it HK1K? Yeah, HK1K. Yeah, okay, cool. HK1K, <laughs> the Heath Solo 1000, baby. Check us out at DVRpodcast.com. Become a patron at DVRpodcast at uh, Patreon.com slash DVRpodcast. I'm so excited. I'm stumbling and fumbling. It's, oh man, Solo is great in this movie. How you doing, Ando? I'm doing great, and this is, it's early for you. It's you're in the you're recording in the morning, and not like 1 a.m. in the morning, like late morning for you. So this this will be fun, and this is my first appearance ever on the film list. So I'm and Heat's not here, of course. So I'm very excited. Yes, yeah, we got a lot, man. We got a lot of movies to talk about. This is, you know, a couple of weeks ago when uh, I started doing this daily again. Solo had come up with this idea to revitalize the film list and he had a little thing that he's uh he had written out you know what how what we should follow um it's a lot the hk1k bible yeah the bible it's a lot I, at first i was like oh shit now but one of them is just be yourself so as long as he said that <laughs> i'm good Wait, the last thing he says is be short and sweet be long and hard but just yeah. be yourself um, the but, very words we live by here. Yes, that is, especially the long and hard part, baby. <laughs> um, but we're going to have fun doing this. Ando, how are you doing, pal? I know we're coming off a, uh, a Vikings loss on Thursday night football. Let's do a little around the couch check in. How you doing? Yeah, it was tough and frustrating, but it, this will be a nice palate cleanser to wipe the stench of the purple and gold off off of me right now because yeah it was it was it was ugly not as not as bad of a week as you've had as a Jets fan but still not fun yeah football can be rough and tough that game I have to though I do have to compliment Amazon Prime their whole uh thing I mean the broadcast I was picking up from my phone to the T it worked a lot better this year um, I think that they have I'm still don't understand why they have the college Herb Herb Street guy calling a, an NFL game. He keeps on he makes fun of himself during the game. He's like he's like, here I am talking about college again. <laughs> like, I, just, I, yeah, I, I think I don't he's really gotten a little more relaxed and it's, it's improved. I think he, no, we'll he see is, how it goes. Yeah, he's great. I can't I have no complaints about him. I think that he's a fantastic uh, color guy he does a great job but it's just he just 
it's like Bill Simmons always talking about basketball when he's talking about football. It's yeah. just like he can't help. It's a good do comparison. It. Yeah, it's kind of you know, um, it's like us. We're gonna be uh, everything is about film, TV, whatever. But uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about film, yeah, and we're talking about the NFL, so it's par for the course. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but I did want to share with everyone the one glitch that I experienced happened. I was telling Andy before the show. I actually did a ten dollar bet. Uh, it was a free bet. It's like you bet $10. It's called No Sweat. It's uh, it's like uh, the Daily Fan. We're not sponsored, but I guess it's, I don't even remember which which Daily Fantasy one that I do. The What's it? DK? What's it called again? DraftKings? Yeah, DraftKings, baby. DK DraftKings, Donkey Kong. Um, I And they do a $10 No Sweat bet. So you can bet 10 bucks on anything. And if you lose, they'll give you a bonus bet, right? There's always restrictions. It's not like you actually get your money back. They kind of keep the money within the system. So they know you're going to waste it on another bet anyway. But I put 10 bucks on TJ Hawkinson first touchdown. And it just so happened that it occurred as I was trying to switch from my phone, it's like they were, I wanted to watch it on the TV, right? So like yep. I paused it and then it glitched. So I see them call hike and I see him move and the camera kind of favors him. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then it, it like jumbles up for a second and freezes. And then all of a sudden I see him spiking the ball and I, and I was like, what? And then I rewound and it picked up properly and I went nuts and I won like 200 bucks. That's the most money I've ever won. I normally don't bet $10. Usually I bet like a dollar on like some <laughs> ridiculous bet, like par eight way parlay. Um, but I just wanted to thank you, Ando, because even though the Vikings lost, TJ Hawkinson well, made my I'm day. glad the Vikings could help you out a little bit. So that's, that's some yeah. good news. That's, I don't know what's going on, man. I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a betting maven. I might have to retire here with all my winnings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you can't, that's only, only one way to go after that is well, down. So maybe I'll pay, maybe I'll pay my wife back for my Lego addiction. <laughs> that's another <laughs> thing. Um, all right. Well, enough of that. We're going to be talking about football next week, of course, with Brett. Uh, Solo is still in a hot kitchen in the Czech Republic, um, but we're going to start with this film list. So I don't know. You want to just kind of dive right in? Do you want to take it film by? We didn't really even talk about it. Do you want to go kind of film by film where we do the director? Because, you know, somebody's got to do the rundown. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think we can start with uh, just go film by film. I can kind of shout out the, the stuff that Heath would normally say, I guess. Okay. Um all Unless right. you want to take over. No, go ahead, man. Okay. Let's start it out. Okay. Well, on the last episode of this, you guys did. Heath even teased the next film was going to star Mr. Bradley Pitt. So the first film was released 10 years ago. When I heard saw it was 10 years old, I was a little crazy. But former UN employee Jerry Lane traverses the world in a race against time to stop a zombie pandemic that is toppling armies and governments and threatens to destroy humanity itself. Based on the novel by Max Brooks, it's World War Z. Directed nice. by Mark Forster, starring Brad Pitt, Muriel Enos, Daniela Cortez, Matthew Fox in a blink-and-you-miss-it cameo as paratroop jumper, 
David Morse, Peter Capaldi as Who Doctor, and he actually became Doctor Who shortly after this. It's kind of a funny. Ruth Nega as Who Doctor. A lot of small cameos of people that became much more famous later. And that's what they mean by Who is World Health Organization. Yes, World Health Organization. But it works out that it's Who. That's funny. Yep. And and famously starring David Andrews as Naval Commander. So that's loved it. Loved EA. Yeah, big fan. Actually, in a lot of movies, Fight Club, Apollo 13, yeah. Terminator 3, yep. The Watchmen, Boy, The Boys. So, so yeah, this movie, I actually, and one of his things is to say the first time you saw this movie, and like Heath, I also hoard Blu-rays and DVDs, and I've had a, a Blu-ray of World War Z sitting on my shelf for eight or nine years, unopened, I could because I have never seen this movie until about a week ago, for the first time ever, when I saw this was on Heath's list. I watched it and I was surprised with how much I liked this. It, it was actually really good. Uh, I I remember seeing the commercials all the time and it being I thought the it, the car CGI looked cartoony and stuff, but in the in the realm of the movie, I didn't think that way. It was a good. It was it reminded me a lot of um, Contagion, actually, the Soderbergh mm-hmm. film from a few years ago. So I I actually really enjoyed World War Z. Do you have any thoughts? Okay, World War Z. When did I see it? I saw it with Perry. Lachlan was a little over a year old. We were tired as hell. I We hadn't seen a good movie in a while. I can't remember. I mean, we were living in Durham. Um, we watched this movie and both of us were like, yo, that was really good. Um, and then I recently rewatched it about six months ago just because. Because I threw, went past it on a streaming service. I saw it and I said, fuck, I'm going to watch this thing again. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I actually think when I mentioned to my friend Lou that I was doing this list, he said, World War Z should be higher than 993. I I would agree. Just yeah. by, I mean, I've only seen it the one time, but I was, and maybe I was going in with low expectations because I, I did read the book a long time ago. I love the book. And I, what I had heard about this movie is they changed everything from, I mean, not everything, but a lot of stuff from the book, which I, I'm not generally don't real that doesn't upset me usually, but, and I'd heard a lot of it had been reshot. Like most of the Matthew Fox stuff was cut out of the movie. Like the whole second half of the movie was reshot. And yep. so I had heard mixed things, but I was kind of blown away with how much I really enjoyed this thing. Yeah. Um, the Matthew Fox of it all, this was supposed to be his kind of big role. Remember he did that movie with, uh, oh, oh, vantage point, vantage point. Yes. And then, Mm -hmm. and later he appeared in the movie with Tyler. Uh, what's his name? See, I got to get this shit up here, man. While I'm talking my Alec. Oh no, no, actually this was before he did. He did vantage point in eight in 2008. Right. Now that, that was that was right that, that was near the end of Lost or right yes. after Lost I think wasn't it yeah Yep then he did the movie Emperor with James Gandolfini If you remember this movie um I don't where, think I saw that where uh, as a Japanese surrender at the end of World War II General Fellers is tasked if, with deciding if Emperor Hirohito will be hanged as a war criminal Oh no I'm sorry it was Tommy Lee Jones not oh gosh I remember that as Gandolfini. It was Tommy Lee Jones. That was kind of like he was going to show his chops. Didn't work out too good. So then he did Alex (laughs) Cross, 
where he lost a bunch of weight and he was that crazy skinny. Yeah, it didn't guy. even look like him. Yep. yep, I remember that. Then he did. Then he did World War Z, and that was supposed to be okay. The Alex Cross thing maybe it didn't work out so well. Tyler Perry, blah blah blah. Even though I think Tyler Perry is a decent actor. Yeah, um, he's not a bad actor. I would agree. But this movie was directed by Mark Forrester, who, as as people may know, kind of goes between the action and the dramatic. And I think that there were some issues with the studio, if I remember correctly. And like you're saying, they recut a lot. And as you pointed out, almost his entire role was cut out of the movie. He was supposed mm-hmm. to be like the number two to Brad Pitt. You can kind of tell when you're watching the movie because it's so expansive. And then it just becomes this weird lab fight with Brad Pitt and other people, right? And the monsters. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you can kind of tell that they were like trying to savage it, salvage it, I should say. But um, he's had an interesting career, Mark Forrester, as a director. When you look at yeah, his, his stuff, his stuff is kind of all over the place. Really, I, I'm like his his Bond film is one of my least favorite Bond films. Did yeah. he do uh, which? I can't remember what the name. Quantum of, of Solace, Craig, the second one. Yeah. Oh, that's the one with the hotel in the middle of the desert at the end, right? That was yep. really not great. Yeah, he had an interest. Of course, we first he started with Monsters Ball, right? Which is about as far away from World War Z mm-hmm. and Quantum of Solace as you that's can That's what get. I'm saying. Then Finding Neverland, Stranger Than Fiction with Will Farrell. Remember that movie? That was yeah. kind of like I Will actually F- really enjoyed that yeah, film. Me too. I think he's a good director. Emma Thompson, I think too. Yeah, but yeah. this is this is what Hollywood does to you. You know, he's starting off. He wants to do dramas, right? He wants to. Do, next thing you know, he doesn't really have much of a choice, and he's like, "Okay, let's do World War Z for some money." Now, this was actually yeah. written by Matthew Michael Carnahan. That's Joe Carnahan's brother, who does a lot of his writing. Drew Goddard, who we all know from the J.J. Abrams universe. And Damon yep. Lindelof. Yeah, Lindelof did mo- from what my research that I was looking at. Lindelof is one of the ones that helped with all the reshoots. And yeah, because they had filmed a whole bunch of other stuff where there was like a big battle at the end. And it was Lindelof's idea, I guess, to go smaller at the end and do the stuff in the lab at the end and the, and which not be probably so a good idea. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic that he was involved with the cutting out of the Matthew Fox role, at least from what I would have able to piece together. So. And, I, I thought uh, it was, yeah. So, from what we've learned of Lost, maybe there was, uh, yeah, something behind that. They got to yeah, put all wouldn't... the people who made Lost on an island together, and then do a TV show about that, and they can the fight truth it comes out. out. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be glued bullshit. to my TV. <laughs> that would be fun. So, uh, what awards did this win? It uh, let's see, not a lot, but uh, Brad Pitt was nominated for best actor in an action movie by the Critics' Choice, but nominated for best sci-fi horror movie in the Critics' Choice, and the most important one is Brad Pitt won the best scared as shit performance at the MTV Movie Awards. So I'm sure that hangs right next to his Oscar for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. God, what? Wow. Go Brad Pitt. (laughs) Go Brad Pitt. You are the man. Um, all right. What yeah, are we... so I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was, I was happy with that. Yeah. Should we move on to the next one? 992. Yes, let's do it. Two death row murderesses develop a fierce rivalry while competing for publicity 
celebrity, and a sleazy lawyer's attention. Based on the 1975 Bob Fosse musical, opening, opened in December 27th of 2002, Chicago. Directed by Rob Marshall, starring Renee Zellweger, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Richard Gere, Queen Latifah, and literally half of the rest of Hollywood. Tons and tons and tons of people. Most famously, Jeff Clark as court clerk was a, a huge role for love, Jeff Clark. Love JK. So, love JK. Yeah, it's my uh this one this is a movie I know very well. I haven't watched it in a long time, but the uh and I can actually tell a fun story about before even seeing this. I was in I was uh visiting New York the summer before this came. I had a aunt and uncle that moved to New Jersey actually, and I helped move help move them from Minneapolis out there, and I spent you know, I think it was over Labor Day weekend and I went into the city by myself and uh, on Broadway during the day, at least they used to do a half price tickets day where you could go and see half price tickets. And I was by myself and I saw Chicago with Michael C. Hall starring in the Richard Gere role as uh, on Broadway. And since it was a single ticket and it was half price and matinee, I sat like in the fifth row and saw Chicago on stage at Broadway. And I loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. So, of course, I wanted to go see the movie when it opened up. So I, I saw this one in theaters, I think, opening weekend. I know it was early on in its run and I... I actually really, really love this movie. I'm, it's not for everybody, but it's um, obviously a musical. My, fa- my, I think my favorite thing about it, this being a musical, is most of it takes place in Roxy Hart's mind for Nazel Wigger. So it's not, it's it, it, it's not as obvious as just like the sound of music where people are just bursting into song. It's got an element of fantasy to it. I'm a big fan of this movie. So, any thoughts on Chicago, Axel? Well. I often get this confused with the movie Nine, starring Daniel Day-Lewis, also directed by Rob Marshall. Um, so and in- not very good. Nine is really, really bad. I think I really dislike that movie. So, anyways, continue. <laughs> now you know part of the film list credo is I'm going to add is be yourself, which I think means be honest, right? Mm-hmm. And totally. I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot in my mind separate those two movies. I'm not the biggest fan of this genre. I appreciate your tale of seeing this live on Broadway. And I um, am a, and I'm a fan of musicals and I've loved musicals in film too, but the kind of like here and there revivals of these types of films, nine and Chicago being two that, same director happened within, I think these movies were within like three years of each other. Yeah. I think nine, I think it happened because of the success of this movie. I mean, I think they backed the truck. Oh no. Nine was Chicago. Okay. Nine was 2009. Chicago was 2002. So it was seven years later. Um, I had those dates wrong. I thought it was 2012 for Chicago, but, um, I do remember this. This was over 20 years ago. Um, I do. Re- I also saw this at the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. Um, for a couple of years, my mom got tickets there, and we would go to all the plays. And I really loved it. I thought it was great uh, as a musical. I enjoyed the film, but I'm not like I don't know why. I'm not. I'm more into seeing it as a play. I don't know why musicals have never really grabbed me. So I don't have anything too inspiring to say, except the fact that 
I couldn't tell that I can't, I keep thinking that the, it's Daniel Day Lewis, but it's Richard Gere. And I feel like it's one of those Bernstein Bears things where in an yeah. alternate universe, uh-huh. <laughs> actually, Daniel Day Lewis was in Chicago and nine never existed because I don't, it just like, it seems like it's the same thing to me or something. But um, yeah, that's, I don't remember when I saw this. Um, it may have been. Uh, maybe because uh, I think I was working at World of Video at this point because I think I worked there from like 2001 or two to like 2006, seven off and on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I maybe rented this or took this home one day and watched it. But um, uh, I do remember Renee Zellweger being very good in it. And Catherine Zeta-Jones is really good. Richard Gere, yeah. Queen Latifah actually is really, really oh, good. Oh, okay. In it too. This is the Queen. Okay, yes. this is the Queen Latifah one. Okay. Yep. Oh, nine is Nicole Kidman, Penelope Cruz, Daniel Day Lewis, Kate Hudson. Yeah, that that one's like Daniel Day Lewis going through all of his ex girlfriends and ex wives and all that stuff. Oh, okay. It's based on a. I think isn't it based on a Fellini movie? I want to say. Oh, it is. Of course. Oh, yeah. okay. I had, oh, wow. All right. <laughs> That's now okay. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember this because later there was another film that was done. I want to say within the last five or 10 years that I think was a non-musical, because this was a musical, right? Nine? Yes, full. this was a full-on musical. Oh, yeah, it's eight, it's ba- oh, I get it, eight and a half, nine, okay, I get it now. All right, it's all oh, falling did, together for me. And I, I didn't, I also didn't mention uh, John C. Riley in the cast, who played, oh. who has an amazing musical number, too. It's so sad and funny at the same time. John C. Riley is also excellent. The cast in this is really good. Let me see what the heck is going on with Rob Marshall as. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Now I know what's going on is I don't like this guy as a direct. Wait. Okay. So he directed Chicago Memoirs of a Geisha. Nine Pirates of of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Into the Woods. Mary Poppins Returns. And the recent remake of The Little Mermaid. Just reading yeah. that list made me crit. Like my shoulders are up higher, <laughs> cringing towards my neck. And I'm just like, no, I don't like any of this. Get away. And that's, the, Chicago is really the only thing of his that I like. Okay. I haven't seen all of it, but really it's the only one of the stuff I've seen. Yeah. It's no. really the only one that I like, I like uh, in Chicago. I, the rest of the stuff I'm like, Ugh. and you know and I'm, what? I'm pretty sure he, he came from Broadway. I believe I think he had some connection to Chicago on the stage. Good for him. So I think that's why he got this job, if I remember right. Well, listen, just saying out loud, Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> on Stranger Tides, that's like his whole, the whole list of his movies is like, um, it's like a stew of bad meat. And then you just want to sprinkle a little doo-doo butter in there. And that's Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. It's like that extra little, it's like doo-doo powder. That's what it is. It's concentrated doo-doo. And you just like, you just drop it in little flakes of it. And then it's like little Johnny Depp faces. A little, no, thank you. I don't want to have anything to do with this guy. What awards did this win, Ando? 
This this won a lot. A lot of people were mad too because I believe this won the same year as the Two Towers. Uh, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers was also up for tons of awards. Um, it won Best Picture. It won Best Supporting Actress for Catherine Zeta-Jones. Best Editing, Costume Design, Art Direction, and Sound had a whole ton of nominations for Oscars. Zellweger, John C. Riley, Queen Latifah also got nominated. So a lot of awards it won. A lot of awards. So, and the editing, I do remember the editing being really, it really wowed me in the theater. I remember that. Okay. Hey, but, hey, yeah, you know that's, what? I, I, yeah. I, 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 if people like it, that's what they like, right? <laughs> that's all I'm going to say, Ando. Well, maybe, maybe the number 991 is a little more your flavor. Oh. Twin brothers are separated when their parents Ooh. are murdered, but 25 years later, they reunite in order to avenge their parents' death. Directed by Sheldon Ledich, released on August 9th, 1991, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme as Alex Wagner and Jean-Claude Van Damme as Chad Wagner. Yeah, Double man. impact. Holy shit. Let me tell you something. This fucking movie is so much better than anything Rob Marshall has even ever fucking thought of doing <laughs> that the guy should retire. Just, just looking at a picture of Jean-Claude Van Damme who always reminded me of my childhood friend Mark Vanderelst. They both had the van in their name like that, right? <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, look, Jeffrey. Oh, the recently deceased Jeffrey Lewis. Yes, great actor. Um, wow, what a face that guy had! And so that that honestly, I think in so many ways, somebody's got to make, there's probably some doc, but his face is like in so many of these kind of movies, you know, where he's in all those every which way, but loose, right? Every which yeah, way you tango can. and cash. Yes. I mean, there's tons of them like that. That's I always remember him from Maverick. He was one of the, one of the card players against Mel Gibson in that movie. Cause oh, I've seen Maverick God. a million times, but yeah, he's, he is fantastic in this Bolo young as moon. Now, listen, if you could see Bolo young's face, you would immediately know who he is, anyone who grew yep. up in the 1980s or 70s or 90s yeah. or that period. So, th Wow. This movie, I, I hadn't seen this one since probably like 1992 or three, and it's on HBO Max, and I threw it on for a few minutes just to relive. Even though it's 1991, made, this movie should have been made in the 80s. This is full-on yes. 80s, yeah. crazy action, over-the-top cheesiness. It's... But fun. It's a fun film. Oh, I love these kind of movies. And um, what was I watching? Uh, oh, the foundation finale. Um, oh, which I have not watched yet. Okay. I'm not then. Uh, okay. I'll just say <laughs> this. There is a scene of hand to hand combat in the, in the show. That's all I'm going to uh -huh. say. Uh -huh. That reminded me of how anti the John Wick of it all I am and how much I prefer. And actually, one of the great things, too, about even you say like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies is mm -hmm. like a lot of hand to hand combat. And I miss that in movies. I think that I would rather see a well-shot and well-choreographed fight, like karate, jujitsu, whatever, yep. uh, or whatever, just fucking throwing bricks at each other, then I would <laughs> a huge CGI'd up explosion, 
you know, like just, yeah. I kind of like the intimacy of that. I also, that's kind of what I liked about some of the Bourne movies, mm-hmm. especially when you keep the camera very close and fast handheld stuff, um, like the blurry it, cam. It keeps the, it keeps the film just as confusing as it would be in a real life fight where it's just confusing. Yeah. And, um, if we go through the credits of the director of this movie, whose name is Sheldon Ledich, was born in New York City, but moved to Cali at a young age. After high school, he spent four years in the Marine Corps in Vietnam. Later, with the elite First Force Reconnaissance Company. Wow, what a story he has. Oh, and if you look at the movies that this guy has written and directed, Rambo 3, Lionheart, perfect target oh my god crazy some some weird stuff that you've seen all it all involving violent men and a lot of a lot of jean-claude van damme yeah wow his first i want to see his first short firefight about i guess something that happened to him in vietnam just looking at the picture i'm like man this is a this is a time you know um It really captures something, but this was a fun one too because Jean Claude gets to play two roles, hence the name Double Impact. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how yeah. well it came off on the screen though when they're on the screen together. You've seen it more recently. How did it look? Yeah, you know when I was watching because I I actually watched almost all of it the other night, and it's you can definitely tell it's not it's not he's not in the same place, but it's not. Not su- I'm guessing at the time it probably n- people thought it was amazing. Okay. I mean, you can tell now just because it's we're more sophisticated or the the filmmaking has become more sophisticated. But it, I didn't think it looked terrible, and it it probably helps that it's not like a super high def transfer, so it's a little grainy. At least with the the print I saw on HBO Max, so it's a little grainy, and I think that helps. So you don't you don't see the lines basically. And this is rated R too. You know, not a lot of rated R. Uh, movies like this come out anymore man yeah that was kind of like i was saying like that there was that stretch in the late night late 80s early very early 90s like demolition man all those kind of things are in that same kind of just crazy even though that was more sci-fi it still had that same kind of r-rated over-the-top violence hard-hitting fighting kind of ridiculous leading men yeah it's fun movie well at this time, I must mention, as I will always mention, one of my favorite action movies of all time, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, called Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. It came out in 2012, directed by John Hyams. This must be in the top 10 of Solo's 1K. I'm just waiting. I wonder if, he, I wonder if he's seen it. Well, if he does see it, it's going to revolutionize his entire list because anyone who hasn't seen this, if you're an action fan, if like you're a down and dirty, it looks like someone actually died while they were shooting this fan. You've got to watch this movie because this movie is fucking nuts and it is the, so crazily good. I love it. The action in it is unreal. Yeah. Like the most of the most of the movie is nothing but the action is so freaking amazing in this movie. I yes. I have seen this and it's it's crazy. You're right. Yeah. And and really it stars Scott Atkins who 
is yeah. it's probably his best role. But he, you know, he shows up in a lot of different. He's actually in most of the a lot of the Marvel movies. He's like in the background, or mm-hmm. you know, he's known as such a physical like stunt action actor. But, yeah, I think um, he was responsible yeah. for a lot of the like the Winter Soldier fights and a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Then, I think he he's awesome. But yeah, Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning. Who cares that it's part of? You do not need to know anything <laughs> about Universal. It yeah. nothing matters. They just basically found some town in the south or somewhere like in Canada and they just fucked it up. They like blew mm-hmm. up buildings, they drove cars into window. It's just really crazy. Yes, it's yeah. very crazy. Yeah. It's it's a fun. I think I saw it on uh Pluto one night when I was slipping through fine free TV apps cuz sometimes you just find crazy things down there and that was playing extremely late night. Yeah, it's a very fun action. Uh, I'm all about it. Double impact. Uh, did this win any awards, Ando? Uh, old JCVD won uh, most desirable male at the 1992 MTV Movie Awards. So oh, it didn't yeah. come away empty-handed. Oh yeah, I like that. Wow, what what an experience there. Um, and I'm gonna gather we didn't talk about when we saw this. Do you remember the first time you saw it? That's what I, I'm guessing. It was like. I had a I had a good friend. I would have been in '91. I would have been uh, 14, 15, and I'm okay. I, one of my good friends had HBO, and I stayed over at his house all the time. I'm guessing that's when it was, sometime in the early to early '90s. I do not remember right. the exact time though, and that was the last time I'd seen it since a week ago or a couple days ago when I threw it on. I was a senior in high school in 1991, and I. I'm going to almost guarantee that I saw this in the theater, probably at the Rialto theater in Westfield where I saw so many movies like this, or maybe near the union market, the shitty theater near the union market where I saw purple (laughs) rain and many other, many other movies. But, um, I'm going to guess it was probably the Rialto, maybe blue star and Wachung. Uh, that was another favorite, but, I'm pretty certain I saw this in the theater and loved well, it. Well, let's, uh, shall we move on here? Number 990. We have a, uh, based on the novel by Cowie Hart Hemmings, a land baron tries to reconnect with his two daughters after his wife is seriously injured in a boating accident. Released December 9th, 2011. Directed by Mr. Alexander Payne. It's The Descendants, starring George Clooney. Shailene Woodley, Bo Bridges, Matt Lillard, Judy Greer, Robert Forster, Michael Antkeen, and Milt Kogan as Dr. Johnston. I saw this movie of, not in the theater, but right away. I think I, this was a Netflix disc rental, I think, I believe. I My wife and I watched this, and I haven't watched it since the first time, but I know it's become one of my wife's favorite movies of all time. She watches it. She's watched it quite a few times. I remember really, really, really loving this movie. One of those ones that, if you connect with it emotionally, I think it's a, it's a great movie. I don't know what did what did you think of the Descendants? Well, when I think of this movie, I think of like some Hawaiian music or maybe like Jack Johnson or something, which <laughs> yeah. I think was on the soundtrack. Jack, yes, um, I uh-huh. think that it was written by Alexander Payne, but also Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. Two people who have become relatively well-known actors, right? Jim Rash, Community, Nat Faxon has now been in so many 
like sitcoms and everything. He pops mm -hmm. up and everything now. Um, Alexander Payne, what a career. We just discovered the other day that they're doing an election. Gina looked it up. What was it yesterday that they're doing election part two? Supposedly, oh, really? yeah. I haven't um, listened to that pod yet. I did not realize yeah. that was that was happening. Yeah, we chatted about it. Shailene Woodley, pre-Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> this was before. Yeah, she was young. I, she plays yeah. the, oh, I think she plays the dot, one of the daughters, or the daughter, doesn't she? She's fantastic. So yes, this yeah. was her this was her blow up huge role. She's fantastic. George Clooney. I mean, this is what a great role for him where he can play this like super rich white dude who owns all this Hawaiian land, but then also you love him, right? Like, yeah. Is it the descendants, right? Is whose land is what's his descendant? How is he yep. connected? How is the land connect? Who are the people? You know, there's some political stuff that surfaced around this movie, of course, because of those reasons. Um, I bet our friend Ryan, uh, our lost friend Ryan, oh, yes. could explain that to us properly. Um, mm -hmm. But I thought that was interesting. It brought that up. People love this movie. Uh, it, it is beautiful in many ways. I probably only, I think I saw it the one time too. Don't know if I'd ever watch it again. Maybe I'll watch it again. It's rather late in the solo list for being a good, or a good movie. It's next to Double Impact. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say that I don't know how much solo love this movie. I'm just trying to kind of yeah. look at the movies around it. You know, like yeah. he thinks the Meg is a better movie than this. Just to, no spoilers people, but that's okay. And you know, I, this is a movie I remember really, really loving, but I also don't have the, I feel similar to, uh, what was the other one? Well, I like, I think I like this more than Chicago, but Chicago is another one where it's a movie that I really, really liked. But yeah. I don't necessarily feel like I need to watch it again. But That's... I like I know my my wife has watched this many times because I'll I'll come in and she'll have it on in the background or she'll have it on her iPad. So something definitely connects with my wife on it. I've never really talked to her about it about Descendants, but I know she loves it. So I know there's people out there that really love this film. Yeah. So I think this was 2011. So uh, this was another one when when like I think anytime you have kids and they're like under three. You don't really remember what the movie, <laughs> I mean, I've only had one kid, so I only have that experience once, but it kind of gets, I remember seeing this, I think I got it from like Redbox or something uh, and watched it and um, at home with the wife and I thought it was very mm -hmm. sweet. Alexander mm -hmm. Payne's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's emotional, it's complex. Um, great well, performances, the, the, sweet. The Oscars you know? really loved it. It's uh, nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor wow. for Clooney, Best Directing, Best Editing, and uh, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash won for Best Adapted yeah, Screenplay. they sure did. So, that sure, I like that part of it. I like those yeah. guys. Yeah, I do too. I like. I mean, how can you not love Dean Pelton from Community? Yep. <laughs> Jim exactly. Rash is always. I always makes me laugh. He's also actually really good as the Riddler in the Harley Quinn animated series. Oh, really, really funny in that. Great yes. casting. He's got the voice yeah. for that, man. Yeah, he's great in that. Oh, he certainly um, does. So for number 991, another complete switch up. And this is a movie I have not seen since I was in high school. It was released on February 25th, 1994. 
The movie chronicles the life of Lane Frost, the 1987 PRCA bull riding world champion, his marriages or his marriage and his friendships. It is eight seconds directed by the director of Rocky, John G. Avildsen, starring Luke Perry, Stephen Baldwin, James Rebhorn, Renee Zellweger as a buckle bunny and Jonathan Joss as Medic Del Rio who actually is a very small character actor, but you may remember him from Parks and Recreation. He was the guy that uh, was the the head of the tribe, the local tribe that would always come and tell Leslie she needed to do things. He's the voice of John Redcorn on King of the Hill. He's been on Tulsa King, Ray Donovan. Awesome character actor, Jonathan Joss. So I have, I saw this, like I said, back in high school. I've, I'm in a rural area, and there's a lot of fans of cowboys and rodeos and that kind of thing. Not a lot of rodeos in my area, but a lot of fans of it here. A lot of horse people. Well, not, you know what I mean by horse people, people that just love horses. So I remember seeing this and I'm pretty sure it was at a party of some kind because all the girls I know love this movie and had huge, huge crushes on Mr. Lucas Perry. So what did did you see? Eight seconds. Yes, I did see this movie. Um, I'm going to guess that I saw this on VHS. I mean, 1997. Oh, no, 1994. Yeah. Yeah, I would have for sure seen VHS for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was a sophomore in college. I was probably very stoned when I saw this. (laughs) Not that I'm not very stoned right now. Um, But this director, okay, every once in a while, you realize that there's people who do the work and they do it for such a long period of time and they're so good but they're not flashy and maybe they didn't have the promotion that others had or maybe people didn't like them for some reason you it's hard to know why but when you look at the movies that john avildsen has directed it is pretty fucking insane. And this, got, there's some pretty solid flicks he's got. He's got a hand in. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Starting with, let's go all, we're going to go, we're going all the way back. He directed, guess what we learned in school today? Uh, that's an early <laughs> sex comedy. I don't think anyone would know, but. <laughs> I, actually, I do not know that movie. <laughs> no, he also directed foreplay. Um, but then he got a he got a break, and there's a story behind this. And I wish we got to bring Sean on. Um, oh yeah, uh, yes. Of he has a great word. What's it? Words and movies. A great podcast mm-hmm. that he has. But he knows the story behind everything. A wh- how he was brought in to direct Rocky because we know that Sylvester Stallone wrote Rocky, and then mm-hmm. he directed other Rocky movies later. But this guy directed Rocky. He directed Neighbors, okay? He directed The Karate Kid, The Karate Kid Part 2. He directed Lean on Me. He directed Rocky 5, The Karate Kid Part 3. Then he directed The Power of One in 1992, a movie starring Stephen Dorff, okay? Yeah, I don't think I ever saw The Power of One. I've heard good things about it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, well... What a career he had. And then and then his last movie that he directed was called Inferno in 1999, but it looks like it was uh, 
not not re- really didn't work out. It was with it was with Jean Claude Van Damme actually. Oh, another Jean Claude in nineteen Camarita. Oh wow, Eddie Trejo. That, that's a hell of a yeah, gas. Holy cow! Look Vincent at, Schiavelli. Wow, that is a crazy man. cast look at huh. it van look at van damme it's 1999 and he, he's trying to look like kurt cobain from 1991 <laughs> right look at him yeah oh my god I he was it. 10 years late in everything van damme man his style <laughs> is just what defines him but um <laughs> let's get back to this movie eight seconds i remember this as kind of a uh post 90210 luke perry is gonna oh could he be a real actor right yep they were they were trying to make him a thing for a while yeah i don't what let's not to skip ahead too much but what awards did this win i couldn't find any awards that it won or that was up for so i thought i remembered this actually being somewhat of a a, um an indie because it was at that time right it's 94 so yeah. I can imagine. I I think this might have played at Sundance or something like that. I think it had some kind of. I'm trying to look right now as we're looking at it because, gosh, that I want to say so that it was. Ago. I think it was a small budget, but I think it it was yeah one of those ones that was picked up by Warner Brothers or somebody like that. Yeah, because this got some play. Yeah. Um, let's see. When did he finish? Let's see. When was uh. I'm trying to find when, oh, I hate on IMDb when they list TV and movies separately. Yeah. Let's see. Wait, no, this is actor. Where is, uh, what year was 90210? Um, Why 90210 I, oh, there it is. Was... 1990 to 2000. But so this was right in the middle. Of, well, and he, I think he left. He, I think he left 90210, though. Yeah. I don't think he was there the whole time. That's I don't what the thing is, because they, they, yes, there's a whole, like, I never watched the early 90210, or I probably didn't, didn't remember. But man, like the last five seasons when they were past high school, I loved that show. And I, and when, remember when Steve and his wife were running like some kind of, like newspaper or something like that. I can't well, remember. Like I'm in the exact opposite. I watched the first few seasons okay. when they were in high school and then I fell off. Okay. So I don't remember that part. <laughs> so it was, it's interesting. I thought this was, so what year now we got it. Well, so, it says Jersey films production and new line cinema released it. So oh, Jersey films, I think that's Danny DeVito. That isn't is Danny it? That's DeVito. Production. Yeah. yeah. All right. What year did Luke Perry, leave 90210 okay let's say oh luke perry left beverly hills 90210 in the fall of 1995 so that's kind of after the success of eight success of this oh okay he did return to the show to pursue acting roles but returned as a special um Special Interesting. Guest or something. Okay, yeah, yeah, as a special guest. All right, but I bet you that that had something to do with it. Uh, because I think that eight seconds was on the film festival. Oh, that w- it would make sense. Like I said, Jersey Films is pretty low budget, especially back then, was real low budget. Yeah. 
the oh there's another there's a, actually there's a movie that followed it called the next eight seconds chronicling the life and career of neil holmes like the first black bull rider or something interesting hmm. okay well maybe we should move on to the most important film on this list that we're going to cover today Oh, At I'm number sorry, nine. I just found a Los Angeles oh. Times review of eight seconds that was very oh, well Oh, what did reviewed. they say? Very well reviewed. Okay, cool. I'll, yeah. Maybe that's one I'll check out again sometime because I don't remember much about I don't even remember if I liked I, it. Yeah, so. I remember it being really good. And then, huh. you know, that was there was recently a move, uh, a show called uh, a movie called The Rider, wasn't there? About a guy who rehabilitates yes. himself through. I've heard that movie oh, is yeah. amazing, yeah. but I have not seen that either. Well, the uh, like I like I already said, the ne- number nine ninety is probably the most important film we're going to cover today when we're talking about films, and it was it was released straight to DVD on October sixth, twenty fifteen. Jack's hard partying ways catch up with him when he learns he is failing out of college, but his professor offers him a chance to save his grade by running the local car wash business he owns for a week. Directed by Nimrod Zalmanowitz, starring Jack Love him. Cullison. Jason Lockhart, Ashley Park, and Heath Santazo as Big Tony. It's the All American Bikini Car Wash. Woohoo, baby! <laughs> and for for anyone that wants to see this masterpiece, it is available on YouTube for free. Yep. I checked it out a couple nights ago, and it's exactly what you would think it was. Heath is great in it, though. Heath is a lot of fun watching it. But it's uh, it's the, exactly the kind of film, if you can call it a film, it's a film. That you can that you could think of it would play probably played originally very late night on Cinemax or mm-hmm. probably American not HBO pie. probably pro- probably yeah yeah <laughs> so I, what are your thoughts on the All American Bikini Car Wash Axel Yeah, it's like an American Pie sex yes. comedy. It yep. looks good when you're watching it. Like okay, hey, it was pretty well shot. Um, Nimrod did a good job. I know I don't know him personally, but. <laughs> Maybe Solo does, so reserve judgment. I was surprised, actually. I remember when this came out, Solo, of course, is in it. And you heard it in the beginning of the show. He's hilarious. <laughs> He's fantastic. He takes over the screen when he steps in there. Come on. He always does. 100%. Yes. Always. It's, it's like, all right, the actor's here, people. Um, yeah, the, the professional has entered the room is kind of what it felt like, actually. Yes. I'm not just saying that because he, because Heath is a friend. I It actually does feel that way. It does. It does. Um, also, as I mentioned to Andy, surprisingly gorgeous women in this movie. You, a lot of times these movies have maybe both men and women, you know, kind of the stereotypical, maybe some enhancements involved. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is more natural and some good casting. I'd ha- I have to, I have to say some good yes. casting on yes. both sides, both sides, the men and the women, but I look more at the women. So I'm going to have to compliment them first, but I think the ladies will be happy to. Unfortunately, we do not get solo in a bikini. Um, I was yeah. hoping we would. Yeah, he's usually wearing a suit, I think, in this, yeah. if I remember right. Um, but it's, it's actually, remind me of the and and what it was supposed to be i remember when 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 he told me he was going to be in this said this is like one of those old-fashioned like you know 
you you see it all. I'm looking on the side of IMDb. Celebrity sex tape, sex pot. Like they're like putting other kind of movies like it. Barely legal. Bikini spring break. Number one cheerleader camp. Eighteen year old virgin. You know, like there's a lot of movies like this. Uh-huh. Um, they probably play overseas as well, right? I'm sure they do. Uh huh. Um, I, I'm guessing there's probably a, a version dub somewhere with Heath yeah. speaking in. German or some other language that we have that we need to get a hold of. Definitely. So worth the watch. I'm not going to include the link in the show notes because I don't want it to be taken down from YouTube, but it, all you have to do is just go to YouTube and search all American bikini car wash, full movie. You will be able to watch it and enjoy it. Yes. And I think, uh, unfortunately it was shut out at the Oscars. So Oh, I, sometimes the Oscars just get it wrong. So I, I was hoping for at least the best supporting nod for for Heath, but it'll happen. It'll happen when Star City comes out. Wait a second, Solo. It won the Daily DVR Film of the Year Award, and oh. Solo won Best Actor. Shit. I, you know what? I didn't scroll down far enough on IMDb. That was my that was <laughs> poor, poor research on my part. That's my bad. I have to update my pro account before they end yes. it. Well, the uh, the I part of the one of the things I love about this list is the where these films can go from film to film to film. Eight seconds, followed by All American Bikini Car Wash, to number nine eighty nine, one of the most famous films of all time. Two down on their luck Americans searching for work in the nineteen twenties Mexico convince an old prospector to help them mine for gold in the Sierra Madre Mountains. Came out in January twenty fourth of nineteen forty eight, directed by. The legend John Houston, the treasure of the Sierra Madre, starring Humphrey Bogart, Walter Houston, who is actually John Houston's father, and Tim Holt. And in an insanely, I found this doing some research, a guy named Pat, Pat Flaherty. And his, his, the title of his role is Customer in Bar Who Warns Curtin and Dobbs About Pat McCormick. The reason I have this guy list that he has appeared in three Best Picture winners, Mutiny on the Bounty, You Can't Take It, Wins to You and Best Years of Our Lives, and he appears in eight other Best Picture nominees, which is wow. insane. Just a, just a small character actor, which is very, very cool. The uh, I remember roughly when I saw this, there was a period when I left college the first time, and I moved back home for a while, and I was like the only person that was 20, 21 years old in the area. So I just spent, I would go to... Since the library had tons and tons of movies, I would go and check out library movies from the library, VHS tapes. And I would like fill the, I basically gave myself my own film school and watched all these classics that I'd never watched. And this was one of them. And this was what the first movie that really made me fall in love with Humphrey Bogart. I love this movie. It's one of my favorites. It's it would probably be in my top 100 of all time. I really love this movie. I haven't watched it in probably 10 years, but I'm a huge fan of Treasury of Sierra Madre. I was I couldn't believe how. It's kind of it's heartbreaking and it's just a good adventure and like say I love Humphrey Bogart the cast I, I love this I'm just a big 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 fan of this movie. What are your thoughts, Axel? Um, I probably caught parts of this movie because back in the day when there were only twelve three channels, so yeah, three yeah. channels or like plus uh, channel nine and eleven in New York, I'd. This would pop up on a Saturday, and I remember images of it. My God, what a beautiful film. Then when I went to college, 
I got the chance to watch this and my great film professors and they just loved showing us shit on film and we watched this and uh, yeah, what a haunting film. I mean, what more can you say about the cast, the director? Interesting, if you go down the rabbit hole on B. Traven, the uh, the writer of this who wrote a bunch of books too, not people are not even sure who this man was. It was a it was a um an, a a a pen name of people really? who, who people think was a German novelist. But I've just I've been looking and I uh, while we were, while you were talking and while while I'm talking right yeah. now, but I guess later in light later things came out from his widow or something, but it was just a very weird shadowy history. There's probably some documentary there about this huh. person. Cause I say, man, but who knows? It might've been a woman, right? You don't know. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah. It says, I didn't realize it was based on yeah, his novel. The yeah. movie is based on his novel. I did not realize that. That's 1947. Um, yeah. I'll have to read more about that. Yeah. Just about a, him or her. You look at the you look just looking at stills and you're like, man, they don't even let people look like that in a movie anymore. No. You know? Like no. so run down and so realistic. Yeah. Um it looks like they're in the Walking Dead. But uh <laughs> Yeah, it does. It it's uh yeah, fantastic film. I wonder, I wonder, solo. Why nine eighty nine? What you you think? Uh, you let me let me just let me just say, Solo thinks Mister and Mrs. Smith is a better film than this. <laughs> I don't know if it's, I agree, Solo. I, I'm surprised. I was surprised to see this was that low. I mean, but I mean, maybe maybe he has just hasn't seen it in a long time. I'm not sure. Oh. I'm. I just I I don't know. This this was the one that a lot. For, and the funny thing is, for the longest time, the only thing I knew about this was from a line from another movie the line from blazing saddles i knew came from this that we don't need no badges that we don't need no stinking badges i knew that yeah. came from this and i had no and i so i was i was like hey, i don't need to see that movie and then finally one day like i said when i was giving myself my own film school i was like i knew this was a classic and i just i remember just being floored with how much i love this movie yeah man it makes it, me uh, want to watch it yeah, it's I I it's just seeing it on the list and talking briefly about it. Say so yeah, it's been at least a decade since I've seen it, probably more. But nice. and it, uh, I mean, another one that was nominated for best pick, director, screenplay. Uh, John Houston's dad, the aforementioned Walter Houston, actually oh, won best man. supporting actor acting in his son's movie. So I think that's kind of cool as well. We need movies like this to be made today. That's I I think they're getting made into TV series and they're on HBO, aren't they? Yeah, but there'll be movies again. And, yeah, and there will be. Hopefully, yeah, real soon again, too. And this is a long one, too. Two hours and six minutes for 1947. That's pretty long. Yeah, for back then, definitely long. Well, let's, uh, we've got, since we're going to cover two more, and I've got just about 10 minutes left, let's move on to 988. Do it. This one is, uh, another big awards favorite. A washed up superhero actor attempts to revive his fading career. By writing, directing, and starring in a Broadway production. Directed by Alejandro Gonzalez Inaritu, released November 14th, 2014. Birdman, or wow. The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, starring Michael Keaton, 
Zach Galifianakis, mm-hmm. Edward Norton, Andrea Riseborough, Emma Stone, Naomi Watts, and Bill Camp as Crazy Man. Um, Bill this Camp movie, awesome. another movie on this list. Bill Camp is very, very awesome. That's why I had to, I had to include him. I mean, somebody, if anybody listening, and you don't know who he is, just look him up. You'll instantly know it. Just in the last few years, he was in The Outsider, The Queen's Gambit, Joker. The round uh, rounders. He's been in Law and Order. He's been everywhere. Bill Camp is awesome. The I've this is another one I've only seen one time. I watched and I know I can't whatever the date was when this was up for Oscars. I watched it the night before the Oscars that it was up for all tons of Oscars. I've, I've only watched it once. I mean, it's I enjoyed it, but I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I don't. What did you think about Birdman? A lot of movies on this list happened when Lachlan was around three, between one and three. Because <laughs> now this is 2014. He's a little bit older than, I guess, he, what year was he born? 2000. Uh, oh, he was born 2012. No, he's two years old. So um, maybe I forgot. Sometimes I think my son was born in 2010, but that would make him much older. Oh, children get older. I'm getting older too. Um, kind of funny that Michael Keaton did this movie came around to it and all we heard about for two fucking years was that he was going to be in the dumb flash movie he's in the dumb flash movie which was okay I liked it was I liked it I actually like Ezra Miller and I I think I, I yeah I thought it was okay and I thought I actually think Michael Keaton I loved Michael Keaton in that movie so but it is yeah. weird that he came back a movie criticizing basically what he did in the eighties and nineties early nineties and he came back to it it's I do think that's kind of fascinating that's okay though right that's okay yeah. and I I mean this was famously like felt like one take the whole movie right mm-hmm. the cameras following them around handheld it. Got, it was surreal. Um, it was weird, funny, crazy, manic. I really enjoy a film like this. It felt like an experiment in many ways. It felt like actors acting. It felt like a company of people coming together to make something. It exploded as you said right like i mean it was a critical mm-hmm. darling um fantastic director um i mean we all remember amoros peros back in the day all the way to the fucking revenant babble yeah, i was just gonna say the bear movie i was i couldn't yeah. think of what the name of it was yes the revenant great um beautiful if i'm pronouncing it correctly mm-hmm. that was a great movie holy cow 21 grams eh, i liked it it was good um that's i guess that's is that how he what's the movie that you know i guess it was really amoros peros that burst out onto the scene yeah does that mean like and your mother too i think so i'm a little my uh, my espanol is a little little uh rusty but i think that's right well when we were all introduced to gail garcia bernal uh just a fantastic movie loved it that was frenetic too part of the um those three mexican directors right that yep with del toro and uh uh the gravity guy can't think of what his name is i'm drawing a blank right now it's okay um 
We can look it up on IMDb. <laughs> I don't like that to say. I don't like it when we don't know things. Um, you, of course, you're talking about Alfonso Cuaron. Cuaron, yes. Children of Man, yes. And uh, I love this movie. I think it should be higher. I, I really, hey, you know what? Was it a bit overdramatic, overemotional? Did it get played out a bit? Um, at the time, yes. Um, but honestly, I think it was a very interesting film too. Also to think about this was 2014 and now we're like 10 years later. Wow. Mm -hmm. Pretty prophetic because there's a lot of bird men and women around, aren't there now that, that yes, there is. Put a lot into how about Batfleck? Like who? Holy shit! The fact that people still care about that are like the best Batman would would have been that guy from Jersey Girl. Um, <laughs> it's Ben Affleck, folks. Of course, everyone remembers uh, Emma Stone's eyes in this. She like really yes. played up the eyes. One hundred percent. She's yeah, in this the new uh, movie called what is it called? Pretty things or poor things? That, yeah, it's supposed to getting a ton of hype. Oh god, yeah, she's gonna win best actress. I hear for that, and I and I heard it's very explicit too. Yes, and she was nominated for best supporting actress for this, as was Edward Norton for supporting actor and Michael Keaton. And it it won best picture, won best director. It was the first of two consecutive best director awards for Inaritu. He won for The Revenant the next year. Also, and he won original screenplay, so he actually won screenplay and director because he wrote this, and it won uh, best cinematography. So yeah, everybody loved the movie at the time. That's one I've been curious to rewatch because I haven't watched it since that night before the Oscars when I watched it. Ed Norton, one of the best. Yeah, I remember him. I really like. He was such a. If yeah. I remember right, was kind of a dick in this one, and I really thought he was great in it. He's so, good at playing kind of a dick. Yeah, exactly. Well, and since I only have a few minutes left, let's let's finish this the same way we started it with another Brad Pitt movie. This one is the story of a family in Waco, Texas in 1956. The eldest son witnesses the loss of innocence and struggles with his parents' conflicting teachings. Directed by Terrence Malick. Premiered at the Cannes Film Festival on May 16th, 2011, and in the United States two weeks later, The Tree of Life. Starring Brad Pitt, Sean Penn, Jessica Chastain, and Irene Bedard as Messenger, who actually has done a lot of other things that people have seen. The Voice of Pocahontas, Alaska Daily. She was in the new version of The Stand. She had a guest role on Westworld. A good good actress that doesn't... Heath always likes to bring up people that we don't talk about enough, and she's great in it, too. Everybody's great in this movie. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Yet another movie I've only seen one time. But I, I remember this movie very, very well. This I watched on my project. It was one of the first movies after I bought a projector that I watched on a Blu-ray. And it just, I, I don't know. I can't describe why I like this movie. It was, it's like an experience. It was, it was the first Terrence Malick movie I'd ever seen. So it was, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I don't know. What are your thoughts on The Tree of Life, Axel? Well, as we all famously remember, if we tick back the clock, Andy, you don't want to take too much of your time. Days of Heaven, 1978. 20 years later, The Thin Red Line, 1998, then 2005, The New World, then 2011, The Tree of Life, and then that's when Terrence Malick basically started directing again. 
And since then, he's directed about eight movies, um, yeah. shorts and movies. And some of them have been good. Some of them have been maybe not so great. He, you know, this is when he kind of, I think this was the first film where he was using his film class to like make the movie with him. Cause mm -hmm. I don't think he did that for the new world. Uh, yeah, maybe I don't he, think so either. Yeah. I'm not quite sure, but this movie is great. And it famously has that, um, accompanying movie, which Voyage of Time, right? Life's which Journey. It, yes. Which was encompasses parts. The parts of that are in the movie. It's like the beginning of the world and dinosaur, right? Yeah, like, the dinosaur stuff. Yep, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I think Brad Pitt um, narrates that. So I really like The Tree of Life. I have not been a fan. I've dipped in and out of Malik, like Knight of Cups and some of the other stuff he's done. But um, some of that recent stuff, I've tried it and I'm like, ah, this is too, ex I don't know if experimental is the right word, but I just, I'm not a fan of it. And I should, when you listed off his other films, I forgot. It wasn't the first Malik I've seen. I saw that, I saw the thin red line in the theater. Yeah. So I have seen, I saw that first, but this is full, like, this is what I would like full Malik. I mean, this is de definitely the, yeah. So I, I really ended up liking it. It was it, to me, it was more of an experience than it is an actual film, if that yeah. makes sense to you. Yeah, he followed it very quickly with To the Wonder, which did not get great reviews. Oh, but it was yes. very similar in the way it's cut and it's dreamlike mm -hmm. and ethereal. It's But I love The Tree of Life, and I think it had a lot to say, and I thought it was very beautiful. And I thought the acting in it was great. Um, but again, too, there's so many stories of like... 20 people who shot for like a year and a half and they're in it for like three seconds. Yeah. Like, like all of his movies are that yeah. way. I remember the thin red line. There's tons of stories of people, all these amazing people. And then they're literally in it for half a second or not at all. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, I mean, Hey, it, it, it was, I thought I really liked the movie. I thought it was great. Sean Penn. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm up. I'm, I'm with myself. I'm, I'm saying I'm agreeing with myself. This one, <laughs> Tree of Life, Birdman, and the Treasure of Sierra Madre should all be higher. I think, um, yeah, in the in the list. But I um, think doesn't doesn't Sean Penn in this play the son, the adult son of Brad Pitt and yes, Jessica Chastain? But it's That's like what time dilation, and you know, yeah. it's it's interesting the way the, the way yeah. they do it and. I think that's, that's kind another of, one. There's a, a like that. I think this is like the fifth one on this we've talked about that. I'm like, I got to go back and watch this again. Yeah. Well, that's why we do these baby. And Hey, yeah. this has been a great podcast. I know Andy's got to get going. Holy shit. We went an hour and 20 and I didn't even realize it. Andy, <laughs> this was very was, fun. Well, as solo says, it's the film list, baby. Yeah. God, I thought we were at like 45 minutes. Hey, everybody. I know. I know. Wow. This was a fun one. I cannot wait to return to the film list. Me too. This is Andy's first film list has been a raging success. Andy, our resident pop culture, TV and film expert. I'm calling you an expert now, Andy. I've decided. Well, perfect. And I'm a resident. So that's even yeah. better. You are a resident. Um, I'm a resident. <laughs> We're all residents here in the yes, land of are. DVR, baby. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you everyone for listening. DVRpodcast.com patreon.com slash dvr i'm going to edit this toss it up there so everyone can listen we'll talk to you soon solo come back to us thank you for giving us your list to chat about peace out everyone bye everybody